Thank you, Dean. Good morning. Good morning. We're still in the morning. God is good, isn't he? I hope you are as excited as I am to have an empty hall here from de- decorations and an empty church because we are moving to our better church, better building, and we thank God for that. As we gather on this Lord's Day, we should be very glad to be able to close this year with thanksgiving and to hold the last service in this building. It's an end to a beautiful chapter in the life of this assembly. It's been 12 blessed years. When we moved here, we were about 70 people. When we are going to leave here, we are over 230 people leaving here. So every penny that we spent in this place uh, is worth it. Why? Because the Lord, one soul to the Lord is worth millions and millions. You cannot place a price on that. So, we thank God that miracles upon miracles He performed to get us into this place. And a miracle upon a miracle He's performing to get us out of this place into the new one. Amen to that? Amen. Amen. Today, I want to uh, say a few words before we look. I know we have a big afternoon ahead of us. But I want to let you know that... I was, I had all this week a verse in my heart and I want to share it with you. This verse, you don't need to open your Bible. You want to open it. It's in Psalm 65:11. It comes in different versions, but I picked up a version from the new, uh, the new Bible, New King James. And the verse says, uh, wait, if you want to open it, fine. Psalm 65:11. You have crowned the year with your goodness and your path dripped with abundance. There's one verse says, when your path drips with honey. Is there any better thing than that? No. And uh, so, as we get ready to uh, hold our services, as Dean said, And at the Grange Hall, I expect everyone to be at the Grange Hall. Let's continue. Let's continue our meetings there. And it will be exactly in the same format. Uh, We pray that the Lord will uh, use it and uh, with joy. Hopefully, it will be three weeks, three Sundays. And we will afterwards go and enjoy the new building that the Lord has prepared for us. You know, uh, God is good. God is good. I'm happy to see Candice this morning with us. Praise God. The Lord is good, Candice. And he never lets down his people. His people. And uh, we have, I believe, Aju's father and mother with us this morning. All the way from India. We welcome you in the name of the Lord. And uh, do I see for the second time, uh, this is not the first time, uh, is this your mother there, uh, uh, Vince? 
Well, your sister. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, is your mom in town? She is, but uh, just pray for us because she's having a bad uh, Okay. We, we welcome you in the name of the Lord. We are thankful to have you with us this morning. Just a quick review of the God we love and worship. Has he been good to us this past year? Amen. In the book of Samuel, chapter 7, the children of Israel, you don't have to turn there, but there's a, 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 a story there. The children of Israel were not obeying God and living for the Lord himself. But Samuel, the great prophet, the great intercessor, uh, asked them to repent and go back to the Lord. And the Lord will do great things with them. He did. And they got that, that one day, they got a victory over the Philistines. And Samuel, as he was well known, after the victory, he brought a big stone, placed it there, and called it Ebenezer. And the meaning was, thus far, the Lord has helped us. And we can place the stone of help and say, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Didn't he? He is a God of deliverance. First and foremost, remember that he is a God of deliverance. He did great things for us. It's been an interesting year. We had the H1N1 that we're still trying to escape. And we thank God that everyone here is uh, healthy. And those who got it came out healthy. We prayed and the Lord blessed them. It's been, it's been, it's been tough. But in spite of the diversity of the situations we've been through, whether it's financial, whether physical, whether personal, we can collectively say, Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Some of us battled cancer. And some lost dear ones. And those who went ahead of us, they are alive in the presence of the Savior. And that God, that God we love and worship, is on our side all the time. And the devil has no part in us. Remember that. We can claim the victory. And repeat with David, God to us is a God of deliverances, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. Have you experienced during the past year some deliverances from God? I am sure each and every one of us, we've been in tight spots. We've gone through some difficulties, but the Lord got us through. So many times the Lord doesn't say, I'm going to not, not let you go through it, but when you go through it, I'll walk with you. Amen. Because he promised, he says in, in Psalms 91, I will be with him in trouble. In other words, he will walk with us in the times of trouble. I will rescue him. He will rescue us. And then he says, he will honor me. <laughs> Praise God for that. He is a God of salvation. Did you experience that the past year? 
This is my experience and I hope it is yours. God gave us an inheritance and how can we refuse it? God has offered us the opportunity to be joint heirs with Christ and heirs of eternal life. And we thank God we have eternal life. If anyone this morning is not sure that he has eternal life, let me tell you this. I invite you in the name of Jesus Christ to take him as your Savior because he is a God of deliverances. He can deliver you from sin and give you eternal life. And then you can, you can say, God is a God of deliverance to me. We have a great inheritance. I said that the gospel message that we have and we enjoy is that Christ is on the shore throwing us a life-saving rope. Let us grasp it and let us trust him. He will pull our lives. And as he pulled us this past year, And he's with us this morning. And he is going to continue to be with us until he comes. We have no doubt about that. Wherever you are on this journey, he still is a God of salvation. He's a savior with unending love and compassion. The psalmist said in Psalms 85, 9, Surely, his salvation is never, is always near to those who fear him. The Lord has been our anchor, our deliverer, our salvation throughout this year. We still have about four days to go through 2009, but we can look back and say, thus far, the Lord has helped us. Didn't he, church? Amen. So, I don't know about many things that you've been through. We have been through. 360 days almost. But he has delivered us on a daily basis. And the fact is that we're here. Right? And he is going to continue delivering us. Regardless of what we go through. He's also a God of wonders. And I want to spend some time with that. Hasn't he been a God of wonders with you? Hasn't he been a God of miracle with you? The greatest wonder is what he's done in our lives. That's what I look at myself. Rejoice, Christian, for you are a miracle. Each one of us is a walking miracle. And people consider miracles the big, huge miracles. Let me tell you one thing. The little things that happen to me during the day, I consider it a miracle. We live by miracles. The Christians, those who are saved, children of God, God walks us through with his miracles. And how do you explain the transformation of our lives? Can someone explain it? The one who's been away from God, living in sin, living hopeless and helpless. And then he has an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ and his life is transformed. And he is living a new life. uh, That instead of sadness, you have joy. Instead of dryness, you have the Lord himself to walk us through this life. 
Oh, the victory over self and sin. Isn't that a miracle? This is why I call him a God of wonders. And if you've experienced victory over sin, you are a miracle walking. He does wonders. He transforms lives. I don't know how many, especially of our new, newly uh, teenagers, that God saves this year. He transformed their lives and we heard their testimonies. And I am so pleased and happy to say we had so many people this year that God has done miracles in their lives. Uh, it reminds me of a story. Uh, and before that, people, let me tell you one thing. People, people downgrade the change that happens in our lives. Or say he became religious or she became religious. This is not becoming religious. Actually, religious people uh, who are not born again have no access to heaven. This is what the Bible says. I'm not saying that. But a born again person who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ has great access to heaven. And so the, the, it's not something simple. Now you become religious and uh, um, no, this is not it. Let me set the record straight this morning. It is not less than a miracle when God changes your life and transforms you from a total sinner to a saint. That's a miracle. A story says about a man who was giving his testimony at one of those old Salvation Army open-air street meetings. As he was testifying, a heckler, which a guy who comes in uh, is like a harass, uh, harasses people, that heckler in the crowd yelled, why don't you shut up and sit down? You're just dreaming. Immediately that heckler felt a tug on his coat. He looked down to see a little girl who said, sir, may I speak to you? The man who is talking up there is my daddy. Daddy used to be a drunkard. He used to spend all of the money he made on whiskey. My mother was very sad and would, would cry almost every day. Sometimes when my daddy would come home, he would hit my mother. I didn't have shoes or a nice dress to wear to school. But look at my shoes now. And see this pretty dress? My daddy bought this for me. The man kept telling her, you're dreaming. Let go. But the little girl wasn't through with that heckler yet. Thank God for little girls. See my mother over there, she said. She's the one with the bright smile on her face. God changes people. She's happy now. She sings even when she's doing the ironing. The little girl said, Mister, she looked at him, Mister, if my daddy is dreaming, please don't wake him up. Has God transformed your life? You're not in a dream, let me tell you this. Miracles happen and they're still happening. They happened in our church and we thank God what he's done during the past year. Has God transformed you? His shop is open and he doesn't close neither on Christmas Day nor New Year's Day. He is open 
And we'll gladly change you if you come just as you are. That's our God, the God of wonders. God is in the miracle business. His deeds are awesome. The psalmist said, say to God, how awesome are your works. And in verse 5, he continues to say, of chapter 66, Come and see the works of God, who is awesome in his deeds toward the sons of men. That's our God. No person, neither past, nor present, nor future, was or has done or can do 1% of what God has done in our lives. Man is nothing before God. And God is everything. Half a percent even. Even one-tenth of what God has accomplished when he was here in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ on earth. And what he continues to do every minute of our lives. You know, when I look at the Lord, when I, and then look at my life, I say, Lord, I cannot even walk without you walking with me. And I sometimes wonder, how can people live without Jesus Christ? I cannot live one minute without the Lord Jesus Christ. What an awesome God we have. He sustains us. He's with us. He did everything and he still do everything for our own good and our own benefit. Just think of your experiences the past year. And look back and say, how good is our God. Look at your life. Look at your blessings. Look at what he has done. Regardless You are here today in his presence. And let's say together, you have crowned the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Was he not generous with us? Think of that. This is, was he not generous? Didn't he give us first and foremost good health? Was he, was he faithful in his blessings? Though we are at many times unfaithful. This is the God of, of Isaiah, Isaiah, who wrote about him. He said, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? That's your God. He says, he marked off the heavens by the span. Heavens is marked. How big is his hand? I leave it there. I'm not going there at all. Calculated the dust of the earth by the measure. And weighed the mountains in a balance. What kind of balance to weigh all the mountains? And the hills in a pair of scales. This is our God. This is your God. And I pity those who debate God 
and his eternal existence. May God have mercy on them. And may God save them and open their eyes. They question his foreknowledge. And they, they see, they uh, say that we doubt this and we doubt that and we doubt this much. And did he come? Uh, people, there were so many people around us today and living that they throw in the minds of people. Such doubts. Many try to place him on the standard of the fallen race and deny his deity. Away with those pretenders, folks. And poor philosophers. He is the God of miracles. And he is the God of wonders. And he himself gives to all a life and breath and all things. That's what Paul says about him. Is he your God? Did you experience him this way this year? I was reading a book that reviewed what Jesus did. few things. And there's a story in it. And the publisher of this book started telling the story of this student of uh, psychology. And uh, he was debating with another student and he tried to argue that Jesus was not greater than any than men, than other men. See how people, they like to bring lower the standard of God and make him like a human being. He's not. He's God. He's the creator. And the publisher said, as a public service to those who have such lofty aspirations, like the student who said, I can do anything, he did. He said, we are publishing a partial list of things which you must do if you think you can do everything that Jesus did. It will intrigue you a little bit. Number one, you must feed 5,000 unexpected guests. (laughs) And then have your amount of garbage exceed the amount of food with which you began. Do you remember that miracle? Twelve. Big. Have a raging storm stilled at your command and the wind and the waves stop simultaneously. That psychology student, I don't know, probably hid himself under the table. <laughs> and the public says, become such a threat to a significant portion of the religious establishment that they demand that you execute it. And mind you, you must do this by what you say only. You are not allowed to use demonstrations, riots, car burnings, or picket signs, or any form of violence. You must rise from the dead after you have been executed and pronounced dead. And you must Every week, 
uh, he said, uh, uh, the publishers say, well, I want to give you a little bit. Well, let's, let's up it a little bit. Every week, millions of people must gather in thousands of places for the sole purpose of telling about what a good person you are. Are you, student, are you like that? Thousands of hospitals and schools must have been built and be operating in your name. The calendar used in most of the world must be dated from the time of your birth. He's no more under the table. I think he dug himself a hole. (laughs) Your life must be considered to be the standard and ultimate goodness for a large portion of the world. And even for those who claim no association with entity with the entity you founded to honor and serve you. And finally, most important of all, you must have accomplished all this in three and a half years. Do we have an awesome God? So where is that psychology student? We can't find him until now. He's lost forever. This is our God. This is your God and mine. Do you trust him? Do you have any doubt that he can take your hand and walk with you and walk you through? The the one who took care of you through all the troubles and the all the good days too. He can take your hand and go with you through the rest of the journey. Trust him. He is also the final word to you. He is a God who never fails. He keeps his promises, doesn't he? Every promise he makes, he overfulfills. He restores. I, last week, I ended my message by quoting this verse. He restores the brokenhearted, didn't he? He said, I have come to preach good news to the poor, isn't he? To heal the brokenhearted. And he says, to proclaim liberty the captives. Thank God that chains are broken and we are free. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. As we look back at this year that we are saying goodbye too soon, we remember our God who delivers, our God who performs miracles, our awesome God who does wonders and still is doing wonders. And a God who never fails. And above all, I cannot leave this. His love has no boundaries. God's love has no boundaries. He's still calling us with his love to come to him. Just look at his hands and you will see the eternal reminder of his love. Just have a look. At his hands. And he reminds each one of us. How much he loves us. He loves you. To surrender your life. Don't, wouldn't you like to trust. A God like this. Wouldn't you. What's holding you. Come to Jesus. Just as I am. And give him your life. And trust him. And I assure you, 2010 will be better than 2009.
and God bless you. And until we meet again next Sunday, may the Lord give you a wonderful life, a happy new year, spending it in the service of your master. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for, we can claim by the power given to us in the word of God that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are his children. And as his children, he will sustain us. And he will guide us. And he will bless us. As he was in the past, he shall be in the future. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, who will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you for the past year. Thank you for the salvations. Thank you for all the things he's done for us. And as we stand at the threshold of a new year, we look back and say, thus far the Lord has helped. Bless this congregation, Lord. Help us to trust you more and be faithful people as you are the everlasting faithful and loving God. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. Amen.